Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. You guys can come on up here. Um, so we had to do a lip sync battle, and so that was from The Greatest Showman. Uh, if any of you guys have seen that movie, for those that haven't, it's it's fun. But anyway, so yeah, we had the opportunity opportunity wow um, to go down to Spencer Lake Bible Camp this last week, um, and we were able to have 16 of our youth um, come down with us, which I think is actually the biggest group that this church has been able to send. Um, at one time. So I'm going to have each of these guys here um, just share a little bit about their week, and then I'm going to take over again and just tell kind of the the nitty-gritty of of what went on. So I don't know about you guys. When I was uh, growing up, I was always taught ladies first. So we're going to give it over to Caitlin, and if you could just step out into light, that would be awesome. How's everybody doing today? Yeah! Camp, for me, that was the greatest experience that any teenager could ever have. Camp was very life-changing. A funny story that I have was uh, (laughs) we were in the cabin, and, uh, you know, fireworks aren't allowed at the camp. Um, But me and Jessa were in the cabin, and all of a sudden, <laughs> we heard a firework go off. <laughs> we got so scared because we thought it was, like, guns going off, you know. Um, and everyone else was outside. <laughs> so we ran outside. And we were like, what happened? And then people started coming in, and they're like, it was just a firework. Crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, the thing that changed my life the most at camp was the worship. The people on the worship team were so filled with the Holy Spirit, and they were not embarrassed to go up there and just sing their hearts out to Jesus. It was really awesome. Um, I made friends with uh, two of the worship leaders, you know, just because you may be up there on the stage talking to everyone, singing to everyone, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're all okay. Like, people need the popular people need prayer too. Um, hi, my name is Jada, and I went to camp. And the funniest thing that happened to me was that um, when there was a obstacle course in the water, and every time I would try doing it, I would end up falling into the water. And then um, what touched me at camp was. Um, how it reminded me of how me and my brother Hunter fight a lot. So I asked Jesus to help um, forgive us and um, our fighting. Now, I love soda. The first thing I said when I got there was, I have never seen this many vending machines in my life. <laughs> so I saw this man while we were eating at, in the cafeteria, and he had an idea, and it was to make it look like he was drink, drank a ton of pop. So I'm like, and I love helping people. So I'm like, hey, let me help you. I bring over five Pepsis, begin chugging them all. <laughs> I couldn't walk straight for a while. <laughs> yeah, what I loved about camp, like, 
was I love seeing Nate Clark because he was so relatable and felt like he was talking just to me. And everything he said just changed my life. Yeah, I went to camp with my sister and all those guys. And the funny thing is, so many vending machines would pop. And never give a person coffee when they just drank a Mountain Dew, when they never had coffee in their life. They will go wired. And Nate Clark, he touched my heart. And the funny thing is with him was, he said the first day we are like, sheep we are stupid we have no direction when we when we don't have jesus in our life but when we do jesus is like our shepherd when we're cast down like on our back because then we're just stuck then we'll just die or whatever and then and then the shepherd will get us back up and to the pack or whatever and it just kind of touched our hearts all right, thank you. You guys can go ahead and sit back down. You guys can go sit back down if you want. All right, yeah, so that was, that was just a little bit from our youth students. Um, we had a great time. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I don't know what kind of camps you guys went to as kids if you guys did go to camp. I personally hadn't been to a Bible camp like this since I was eight years old. I grew up at the Wilderness Fellowship Ministries, so I was kind of around a camp atmosphere, but we didn't really do kids' camps like these. When I went to... Bible camp when I was eight, I got sick on the second day, okay? And so then I went home. And every year after that, when anybody ever asked me, hey, do you want to go to camp? It's like, no, that is where you go to get the flu. Um, and you do not come back feeling good. So I said, no, I don't want to go to camp. And so I ended up going to camp with these guys. And so Katie, um, my wife, the children's pastor here, she had been to Spencer Lake Camp two years ago, okay, and she went with kids camp, and uh, we were going this time, and we're like, okay, we're going to be cabin leaders, we're going to be camp counselors, this is cool, I haven't been to camp in like 15 years, uh, no, yeah, about like that, anyway, I haven't been to camp for 15 years, so then we're going to go, we're going to have fun, we're going to have to do stuff, and then we get an email the week before we go, and it says, hey, would you guys like to be color team captains? And we are like, what does that mean? <laughs> we don't know what that means. And so basically what it ended up meaning is that we had to be decked out completely in orange because we were the orange color team captains. We decided to say yes, which was honestly really fun in hindsight. And so we had to be completely decked out in orange. They split all of the kids into six different color teams. And then there are competitions that go on throughout the week for your color team. And so, yeah, we were completely decked out in orange. We had these orange wigs and bandanas. It was a good time. The kids loved it. So then if you go to the next slide there, we had to do a competition every single morning. Okay, between just us color teams. And so it gave an opportunity for these kids to be excited about something, not only in the, the, sun, the Sunday, the morning worship and morning fun of service, but we also had a competition so that the kids could all cheer and have fun. Here, this is actually the students playing this one right now. This was Jeopardy. And I tell you what, it is not necessarily easy to think of the national animal of Scotland when you are in front of 300 teenagers. And if you're wondering what that is, it's the unicorn, by the way. 
So we had to do color competitions, and then if you won, your team would get points. And whoever had the most points at the um, at every morning uh, got to skip the line in for dinner and breakfast and lunch. So when you are in a camp with 300 teenagers, you want to skip the line. <laughs> if I'm being just really honest with you. But anyway, morning service was great. We always had Hans and Dylan. They're the two guys that have their arms up in there in the red shirt and in the green, I think. And so they were wonderful. They were emceeing it. They were having fun, goofing around, interacting with the kids, getting them all to bring their walls down so that when worship and the message came, there wasn't any walls to get in the way. And so if you go to the next slide, I think we'll have... A picture of Nate Clark there. He was the speaker for the week. And I can tell you guys with complete confidence that I have not heard a man give messages in a way that are so easy to be received by 5th and 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th graders. He took complicated and difficult concepts that we have to wrap our mind around and made them super simple. And that was what the beauty of it was. He took on the very first night was Monday night. We rode in a car for four hours, or bus for four hours. We got there at 10.30, and we, by the end of the week, it, or by the end of the day, it felt like a week had gone by. And so we came into service, and all these kids were ready, and Nate Clark came up, and he's like, hey, guys, I just want to establish something. You guys are like sheep. There's a reason for that, because sheep are dumb. And without, like what Hunter said, without anyone to guide them, they will go in whatever direction they want because they are directionless. They'll just scatter. He told a story of something that happened, I think it was over in Turkey, over in the Middle East somewhere, about how there were two shepherds that were, um, they were taking care of a flock of sheep that was 1,500 head of sheep, okay? That is a lot of sheep. Okay, well, one morning while the shepherds were having breakfast, and this is a true story as far as he was aware, they were not paying attention to their job, okay? And there was a cliff nearby, and one sheep started to go over towards the cliff and was just eating his grass and fell off, and then the sheep behind him fell off. And the sheep behind him fell off. And it kept on going where the sheep were walking off the cliff. All 1,500 sheep fell off the cliff. 400 of them died. And the other 1,100 survived because of the giant woolen pillow on the ground. And he used that to explain how when we don't have a shepherd, we will follow what everyone else is doing. I don't know if you guys have teenagers at home or not. If you've had teenagers at home, if they don't have a firm understanding of who they are and what their identity is, they will follow what someone else is doing. Even if that means falling off a cliff, whether or not there's a big wool pillow on the bottom. And so he did a great job of that. If you go to the next slide... Um, that is him laying on the ground, explaining what it means to be cast down. That's a term that's used with shepherds and shepherding when it means that a sheep has been grazing on a hill or a slope or over something, and it falls and trips, and it lays on its back. 
When a ship is laying, uh, a ship, a sheep is laying, I'm exhausted, can you tell? Um, when a sheep is laying on its back like that, when it is cast down, it will not do anything to get back on its feet. It will lay there until it starves or is shredded by something. And so that is a picture of what we look like without Christ. We have no shepherd to tip us back up, so we are either going to starve to death spiritually or be shredded by everything in life. And so Monday night, he talked about how we need the shepherd, how we are sheep and directionless and need Jesus. In that night, we had two kids that rededicated their life to the Lord. Out of our group. I remember I was, I was standing worshiping. At the end of every time we had an evening service, Nate would always open it up for us leaders to pray with kids. Or the other, towards the end of the week, he encouraged other kids to pray with other kids as well. Sorry. Um, anyway, so we had the opportunity to do that. And I turned around, and one of my guys was sitting there, and he just looked at me, and he had tears streaming down his face. And I said, what's going on, dude? And he was like, I'm just so lost. And so we had the opportunity to lead him back to the Lord because he saw how much he needed Jesus in his life. So that was night one. We had one of our girls who committed, recommitted her life to the Lord as well. And so the next night was Tuesday night, and we went and we did all the fun stuff during the day. We got to evening service. Again, Hans and Dylan were there to do a wonderful job. The worship team did an amazing job. And then uh, Nate got up and he's like, hey, you have a purpose in your life. You can have a call on your life and for full-time ministry. Kids don't have an understanding of their identity. Teenagers, like I said earlier, if they don't have an understanding of who they are and who they were created to be, they will follow something else. It doesn't matter what it is. They'll just pick something that they like, and they'll go after it. And so while we were there, if I remember right, it was about seven of the kids that we brought with felt called into full-time ministry. We had a young man in our group, and I won't say his name because... It'll make him embarrassed because he's in the room. <laughs> nah. Uh, anyway, I won't let you guys guess because I said I wouldn't embarrass him too much. Anyway, he, he went and he sat down by Katie. He said, hey. And he has this way of when he's, when he's uh, wanting to talk to someone, you know how, how kids just kind of, you know, they kind of stand by you and they kind of get that look of like, hey, I want to talk to you, but I have no idea what I'm going to say. And anyway, he had that look. And so Katie looked at him and he was like, hey, this girl just came up and told me that I'm going to be a pastor. And tears just came out of his eyes. I had the opportunity to go and talk to him for about 10 minutes later about all of this, and I have never seen a kid his age with so much longing and desire for Jesus in his eyes before that time. And so we've got a very powerful group of young kids that are coming up that feel called into ministry, and they're going to impact the world. And so that was, that was night two. 
We were not even done with the first half yet. We got to go in the next day, Wednesday, we got there in the evening, and it was, you guys need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I barely know how to explain it. Okay? I don't even really understand what happened when that happened. But, fact of the matter is, this guy explained it in a way that was so easy to understand and so easy to grab a hold of that I actually learned more than I feel like I have in any other discussion about the baptism of the Holy Spirit in a half an hour. And he explained it in a way where he brought it all the way back to the tabernacle, all the way back to the temple, and how that was a picture of the three baptisms, the baptism into Jesus, the baptism in water, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And how in the tabernacle, there were things that symbolized those things, and only after they did that could the high priest once a year enter into the Holy of Holies. You will not enter into the holiest part of your relationship with Jesus without the Holy Spirit. And he explained it in a way that was so easy to understand that I was blown away. So that was evening service on Wednesday. Then on Thursday, he did a phenomenal job of saying, how do you take this home? I don't know about you. I don't know if you went to camp or not. From what I've heard, sometimes speakers have a difficult time getting into the kids' heads that this is not just the end of the road. When you're going there, he made it very clear that this was not the end of your relationship with Jesus. This was the very bottom of the valley, and now it's time to go up the mountain and into that wonderful relationship with Jesus. That was the starting point. That was the catalyst. And now, as their home, it's our responsibility to help encourage them as they continue to grow up into him. So that was a sneak peek into the services. And so you know that there's always two sides of camp. I think there's another slide here, actually. Could you go next? Yeah, that was a very common sight. I've never seen so many kids with their hands up praising Jesus in my life. And that happened to kids that didn't even know Jesus. They didn't know why they were doing it. They were just putting up their hands, and they were receiving the blessing from it. And so if you guys have gone to a camp before or been around kids that do, you know there's two sides of camp, right? There's the camp where you're just in the services, and then there's everything that you do outside that, right? So I think if we go to the next slide. Yeah, we had food. Food is good, right? I don't know about you, but when there's 300 teenagers running around, they get hungry. And so one of the things that we all had to do is each one of our rooms, we had to do a meal duty, or dish duty as they called it, which doesn't make any sense because you don't touch a dish the entire time. <laughs> and so the, this is some pictures from the girls, which honestly, if I'm going to be, be completely honest with you guys, I do not have very many pictures with the boys. And the reason for that is that CJ asked me, he was like, hey, Caleb, when you're leaving, make sure that you get a bunch of pictures. And I said, yeah, let's do that. I forgot my phone had a camera. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, I just didn't think of it. I don't know about you. I didn't grow up with those little digital cameras or the little film cameras uh, that some of you guys grew up with. I grew up with a stick and dirt. 
I did not think of taking pictures. So you get to see lots of pictures with the lovely young ladies of our youth group and a couple with the boys. And so that's okay. They're nicer to look at anyway. Or they're whatever. Anyway, I'm sure the boys would agree. Anyway, so we go to the next one, and that is at the lovely lunch table cafeteria. Now, this is just half of the cafeteria. On the other half, there was basically looked exactly the same. Just flip it, and then you can see the whole building. Um, and so we would have two lines wrapped all the way around the building. And so when you are going for lunch or breakfast or supper and you have been running around all day, you do not want to come to the end of the line of 300 teenagers because they shuffle their feet. And you'll also have some conversations with the siding of the building on the way. So if you go to the next one, I think you'll see another picture. Yeah, that's that line out on the back. We had a wonderful view of the lake, and we got to stare at it for hours. <laughs> because we would get in line 45 minutes early so that we could get through the door at the same time that we would have gotten to the door if we had gotten there five minutes early. <laughs> so anyway, so we got fun. We had... Uh, <laughs> pop and soda and food. If you go to the next slide, I think you'll see. Yeah, the girls, they got to learn um, not only organizational skills, but just how to work efficiently and quickly. When you've got um, only two stations for soda and 300 kids, especially Xander, who's drinking five at a time, <laughs> we need to have all of the soda filled up, and the ladies did a wonderful job there, so they learned how to do that real good. If we go to the next one, too, then I think, ah, yes, this is almost every kid's favorite building, okay? It is the Snack Shack. This is the building where if you wanted to, you could go and get ice cream at 10 in the morning. You could go and you could get soda um, in the afternoon, if I remember right, there was one of our guys here that went who tried Mountain Dew for the first time in his life. <laughs> Let me tell you what, he drank three or four cups. His little body did not know how to handle that. <laughs> he was vibrating. <laughs> like, you, he looked up from his cup and there was a wild look in his eyes, guys. <laughs> he had seen the glory of Mountain Dew in a vision from the Lord coming through four cups, and he was willing to dedicate his life. So he, so he got four Mountain Dews at lunch, but you would go and you'd see the snack check full. After every service, you would go outside, and you would see lines coming out of this building because it only goes about 50 feet in, and then you hit the, hit the counter. You would see lines that looked like the Israelites leaving Egypt. And so you come and you see, and I think you can go to the next slide. I think it's inside. Yeah. So we had like four or five tables built that way. Again, it's the young ladies. We don't have any of the guys. Um, so, huh? Way to go. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Hunter. Um, anyway, so we see that and we saw it. It was like, oh, that's fun. We see the lines at the end and we're like, man, we feel really sorry for whoever has to work there until 1130 at night. And then we discovered that we had to. <laughs> we, 
because we would have meetings every morning, which I actually really appreciated because I had an idea what on earth was going on. We would have meetings every morning with the cabin leaders and the color team captains, and they would then they said, hey, just so you guys know, tonight in Snack Shack, after the service, it's orange everyone and the purple ladies. I was on orange team. And so Katie, my lovely wife, got to relive her life as a cashier, and I got to learn how to make fries and cheese curds and boneless chicken wings. And I wa we were supposed to go there a few minutes early than everybody else to supposedly be trained in on all of these things. And we were like, we can't do that when there are kids following us. So we're going to leave early, and we got there, and the lady, Nancy, she was really wonderful. She was like, oh, it's so nice someone finally came early. Um, anyway, so we learned how to do all that. I got covered in grease. It was a good time. We had fun, but that was for about two hours that we were throwing things together and doing all that because, like I said, the Israelites were coming out of Egypt, and they were stopping at, stopping at the snack shack on the way to the Red Sea. So we got to do all that, and it was fun, and it was a good time. If you go to the next slide there, too, Spencer Lake Camp is probably one of the few places on earth where you can have 300 youth kids there the entire week, and none of them should get bored. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, there was a friend's house that I would go to, and we learned very quickly that you do not say the B word, and that is bored. Because it didn't matter what time of day it was, how long you were there, or what your friend was doing, if you said, I'm bored, they would give you something to do. <laughs> and you didn't get to say no. It was either you do it or you go home. And most of the time, I had just gotten there, and I didn't want to go home. So anyway, there was so much to do. There was free time in the morning for a little bit. Most of my guys, I don't know if they will resent me for this or not, but I got them up at 7 o'clock every morning because we had to clean our cabins. We had cabin inspection, and we beat the girls. Keep in mind, keep in mind that was because of a rather un series of rather unfortunate events at the very beginning where Katie, Katie had the opportunity to volunteer in the office there for a little bit and, uh, and she, one of the girls came up and said, hey Katie, just want to let you know, uh, both of the toilets are plugged. These are teenage girls. I didn't even know they were capable of doing that. Um, <laughs> And so, so she's like, okay, I, uh, I get done at 5, I will come, and I will see what goes on, what's going on, and I'll try and fix it, okay? So, she gets to her room, and the door to the bathroom is closed, and no one is in there, okay? That is a bad sign when you are in a youth camp with a bunch of kids. So... She opens the door and she says that thankfully she had a little bit of a congested nose, so she didn't smell anything. The rest of the girls did. And so she walked in and she's like, why is there stuff on the floor? What happened? And they're like, oh yeah, by the way, it overflowed. And she lifted up the seat or the lid and there was stuff on the toilet. And then she had a conversation about why we don't flush certain things down the toilet. 
and all that. And so the girls apparently wrote an apology letter to whoever comes and checks on the cabins because it smelled so bad. <laughs> so the guys get to have one little shred of pride there that we beat out the girls in all of our cleaning inspection scores, and we did a good job. But regardless, there's so much to do. Here we have a little bit of a obstacle course that's going on that you can fall into the dirt and hopefully not hurt yourselves. Um, if we go on to the next slide, I think there might be... Ah, yes, that is the game room. You can maybe see it between shoulders and heads. They had pool, they had carpet ball, they had arcade games, they had the saddest sight I had ever seen in my life. I was in there, and you know those little claw games that goes around, like are in um, Toy Story and arcades, the ones that are designed to make your kids lose money? You know, because it's like, oh, yes, I can grab the panda, and it gets almost to the box, and then it drops into the rest of the stuffed animals. Um, anyway, so I walked in, and I looked, and it says, out of order, okay? And we look, and right above the place where you drop the ball or drop whatever it is into the, into the chute so you can get it is a ball stuck in the crane. And you just know that there was some sixth-grade kid that was super excited to get the ball, and then it just stops moving. So they had that. It was fun. And also, they had um, two years ago, Katie went to kids camp at Spencer Lake. It was the first time that she was there. And at the end of every stay that you have at Spencer Lake as a leader, they always give you a little questionnaire, like, how did we do? Is there things that need to be done better? How is all this going? Is there something that could improve the camp? Okay. Sorry. Um, anyway, so Katie, being the woman, woman who loves coffee, said, we would love it, or I would love it, if we had a coffee shop, okay? Because we want to survive to the end of the week. <laughs> and so Katie was very pleased to find out in the game room they added a coffee shop, okay? There was one of my kids, when he found out that there was a basketball game going on at 2 in the morning on the last night, he's like, all right, I got this. I just drank three espressos. <laughs> that kid also was shaking. <laughs> but regardless, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but you can see um, STL on the cups here. That stands for Speed the Light. It is an AG, uh, part of the AG where it's for youth kids raising money for missions, for impacting other people's lives over in other countries, from everything from fresh water to um, vehicles for missionaries to medical supplies to all this kinds of stuff. That's what it is. And so the really cool thing about this coffee shop is the fact that every single dime that you spend at it goes to speed the light to impact other countries. You will have never been more satisfied in your life knowing that your money went to a good place when you bought two mocha lattes and all of a sudden a family gets to have fresh water for the next three years. Because it's really not that expensive over there. A lot of people just don't know how to give. And so if we go to the next slide there too, we also had a lake because what Bible camp doesn't have a lake by it? I don't know. We, play, we were able to play games. This particularly was a color team game where... People had to stand on the little floats, and the people on the beach had to pelt them with dodgeballs. And if you got hit, you got out. And then all the people in the water along there were the ones with the noodles that were trying to block 
uh, dodgeballs flying out of nowhere. And let me tell you what, when you are four and a half feet tall and have a swimming noodle, that doesn't happen. <laughs> there were no help. And the person on there got hit every time. So if you go to the next one, we'll actually see one of our youth guys in the green shirt. He did a good job. He survived for quite a while. And apparently, even when you're six foot two and in the water with a swimming noodle, it still doesn't help. So if you go to the next slide, this is a little snapshot of an area where you guys get, where the kids get to go and they get to have fun. There are planned games between the color teams every afternoon when you're at Spencer Lake. So you could be playing basketball, you could be playing gaga ball, you could be playing soccer, you could be playing speedball, which I'm gonna be completely honest, I have no idea what that is. I spent a week there and I still don't know. But you got to see volleyball nets if you look really, really, really close. You get to see volleyball nets and tennis. I don't think I saw a single kid play tennis. I don't know how to play tennis. I don't know if they do. But regardless, how many of you guys have ever played gaga ball or monkey ball? Some people have. Okay, good. We have more in second service than we did in first service. Just so you know, if you guys haven't played it, gaga ball is a game that is designed to destroy your hands. Because what the point of it is, is that we're in this big octagonal ring, and then everybody puts the hand on the wall, and then they drop a ball in the middle, and it bounces three times, and then everyone hits it at each other. But the thing is, is you got to hit them in the legs. So where do you hit it to hit them in the legs when it's by the ground? And if you, Mitch, Mitch, if you miss, you punch concrete. <laughs> and your knuckles bleed. They get destroyed. Katie... Um, she has scars on her knuckles that are very visible today from when she was a kid and when she played gaga ball and punched concrete. So that was all the f that was a whole bunch of fun. If you go to the next slide here too, yeah, that was one of the few pictures we got with guys. We treasure it. <laughs> we will keep it forever. But again, we were the orange team, so we tried to have as much orange as we could. Um, another fun little story: that little kid in the middle with Pikachu on it. He, uh, he brought money for the snack shack, okay? Because the snack shack's not free. You got to pick. They got to buy it, you know? And so I asked him at the beginning on Monday, I was like, so how much money did you bring for this week? He said, I brought $50 or something around there, you know, pretty close. I was like, okay, wow, that's actually a pretty decent amount of money for like a week at camp. You can buy like, I don't know, 400 blizzards. Um, anyway, because they were marked down. So I was like, man, just make sure that you don't spend it all on Monday so that you have money throughout the week. He spent it all on Tuesday. <laughs> but this little kid, he was going around, and all of a sudden, he had five bucks. I was like, how do you have five bucks? And he's like, oh, I went and I bought, I had like $3 left, and so I bought like two coffee cakes and sold them for $2.50 each. <laughs> he was a little entrepreneur. He would go, he had like his own little black market ring going on. He, he went and he would buy candy for 25 cents a piece, wait outside the line when Israelites were leaving Egypt, and then he would sell them for a buck 50. Just so that people didn't have to wait in line. And so... He, he did a great job, and I told him, I was like, buddy, yeah, because he's about like this tall. I was like, man, 
you have got two, if you keep going this way, there's two options for your life. You're either going to be an entrepreneur with millions of dollars or you're going to be an entrepreneur with millions of dollars in prison. <laughs> I said preferably not the latter one. But he was fun. He was cool. He, so, he managed to get another kid to pay him $20 for something that cost 5 and the other kid came up to me and was like, hey, I'm going to go get my $20 back after I told him, you know, what it was actually worth. And I was like, no, dude, you agreed to the price. You're, that's gone. Like, he just made a net profit. So if we go to the next slide then, too. That was, again, in the game room, having fun. Like, remember, all of these pictures are of the girls. Like, I really didn't get many of the guys, which is, makes me very sad. But anyway, if you go to the next one, too, then. And that is the end of our little slideshow here. There's going to be more pictures this week. But I wanted to just kind of give you guys a bottom line, give you a little end of all this, is that because of you guys, all of these kids were able to go to camp. We had a little pizza fundraiser before we left where the kids came and made pizzas, and you guys bought them. People that weren't here bought them. But it raised enough money so that every single kid that wanted to go, along with those of you who just gave money so that kids could go, every single kid was able to go and experience camp, many of them for the first time. They got to experience Jesus in a way that they have not experienced him before because it put them in an environment where they didn't have to think about what do my friends think because I don't have any friends here yet. And even if I do have any friends here, they're all doing the same thing. They weren't afraid to raise their hands. They weren't afraid to go and pray for people. They weren't afraid to cry. Sometimes that's hard to happen at home. But the fact of the matter is, is because of all of you, they got to go and experience something that will impact the rest of their lives. And now they're back, and it's our job to continue to encourage them. It's our job to make sure that this week wasn't just one week in their school years, but that this week is something that starts a relationship with Jesus in a deeper way that continues to grow deeper so that they are way beyond any of us by the, the time that, we're, that they're our age. So that they have relationships that we look at and say, I would give an arm and a leg to have that relationship with Jesus at the time of when I was 24. At the time that I was 16, I wish I had this opportunity so that I could see Jesus face to face and grab on. I wish I hadn't waited until I was in my 30s. I wish I had had an opportunity like you because you're getting to be about where I am, but you're about 40 years ahead of me. So we have a responsibility as a church to continue to come around these kids and to encourage them and to show them Jesus. And I just want to thank all of you for buying pizzas, for giving money, for saying hello at the door and making them feel welcome. Because if it weren't for any of you guys, none of these kids would have been able to go to camp. Because I know you're, some of the other parents are in here too. If it weren't for you guys, none of these kids would have been able to go to camp and they would not have experienced what they experienced this week. So I just want to thank all of you for all the hard work, for all the hours, for all the tears that it comes with raising teenagers, because this, these weeks are what make it all worth it. So I just want to thank you guys. Give it up for our youth pastor, isn't it awesome?
That's a great job. Hey, uh, I don't know about you, but just sitting there uh, listening to Caleb speak and share all the fun times that the kids have, I'll be honest with you, it made me a little jealous. Amen? Made me a little jealous. But I got good news for you. I have good news for you that we got an opportunity this weekend to be able to be blessed ourselves. Starting Friday, this coming Friday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we have the Wilderness Conference coming on. And people are saying, do I have to register because I only can be at this day or that day? You can come any day you want. You want to come Friday night? You want to come Sunday? You want to come Saturday? You want to come Sunday? Whatever. You don't have to just register. You can just come. But they're just trying to get a registration figure, but it's not an obligation. Just come. And the reason why I'm saying that is, guys, when you come, come expecting. Come expecting from God. Come expecting to receive. When those young people come, they come to receive. When I was a youth pastor for 13 years, I remember many times kids would come with walls. And the reason why they came with walls is because they came from some bad, bad situations, horrible situations. And I remember, man, times when I would be with kids at night, 4 o'clock in the morning, sitting on a park bench crying with kids, saying this is happening, that's happening, whatever. And their lives were changed because they met the presence of God. Well, we at Adventure Church are joining forces with the wilderness. They're hosting it. We're hosting it. They're putting it on. And we're doing it for a purpose for you. And I thank Randy and his team and the wilderness for their team. And those that are watching by live stream right now, we're doing this for you. We're doing it for you to edify, build you up, and to sharpen you. And you have an experience just like those kids have an experience. So don't say you're too busy and you can't come. Don't make excuses. Man, come one of the nights to be blessed because it's going to be a great time. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Will you stand with me? Thank you, thank you, thank you. A million thanks to all those that contribute. I'll tell you, for 13 years, I thought I was going to be a youth pastor for life. I really did. I thought I was going to be a youth pastor until I was with Rich Wilkerson. Rich Wilkerson said to me, I said, Rich, why weren't you a youth pastor? You were a great youth pastor, man. You had a great youth group. He was driving, and I was sitting in the passenger seat. He looked over at me. He said, because I got tired of the all-nighters, and he said, I began to hate it. And I thought to myself, I'm never going to have that happen. Well, a year later, guess what? I stepped out. Never say never, right? But I, I remember being a youth pastor, being at Spencer Lake. They would sing a song, Come Holy Spirit, I Need Thee. Come, sweet spirit, I pray. It was a prayer of invitation. God is a gentleman. He only comes in by invitation. In that song, come, Holy Spirit, I need thee. Come, sweet spirit, I pray. Come in thy strength and thy power. Come in thy own special way. You know what that was? It was an invitation. And then that time, and I know that I'm dating myself because that's an old song that we don't sing anymore, but I have to say I miss it. I miss that song. But those young people, they were coming. And you know why they were coming? Jesus says, suffer not the little children to come unto me and do them no harm. You know, when we come to church sometimes, we come with walls. Believe it or not, you adults come with walls. And here's some of the walls you come with. I was hurt in the past. The Holy Spirit was abused in my life. Those are walls of why sometimes we uh, don't let the Holy Spirit in. 
But church is all about the celebration of a resurrected Savior who wants to live and move and dwell amongst us. And if you know, and I know, when you go to a party, the whole purpose of the party is to celebrate that one individual. When we come to church, when we come into the presence of God, it's come to celebrating the one and only, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the great I am, the never-changing one. And when we come, we come as little children letting down the walls. Say, God, I let them down so that you could come in. My challenge to you as pastor, when we walk into these four walls of this building, that we come with expectancy, that God, I want more of you and less of me. God never looks for full. He looks for empty. And when you are empty, he can fill you up with his presence, power, and his spirit to make you better and stronger and equip you for the battle. So this morning, I want to encourage you. When you come, every time you come into these walls, say, God, I come expecting. Let me pray over you this morning. Father, that is our prayer this morning. That, God, we come expecting to receive, to hear from you. Lord, as they talked about the sheep, sometimes we're dumb. We fall off the cliff. We follow the norm. We go what's easy in our lives instead of making a stand. And we do things maybe we shouldn't do. But, God, may we take this challenge to be all that we can be for you. We let down the walls, let down the walls of past hurts, scars, wounds, situations that we may have experienced that made us put up these walls, and we let them down so that you could come in. So, Father, I thank you for this wonderful congregation. Cheryl and I love them so dearly. We pray that you will bless them, bring us back Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the conference so we can experience what the young people experienced throughout this week. Lord, go with us now, we pray, and we thank you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Can we give the Lord praise one more time? Thank you, Pastor Caleb, Katie, all you young people. God bless you. Have a great day in Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. If this message has encouraged you in any way, please consider giving to Adventure Church to help continue this ministry. Giving is safe and easy through our website at www.adventurechurchsiren.com. Thank you for your generous support.